0: Welcome to Watch Therefore. Our Savior Jesus told us to watch for His coming, and the signs that He spoke of are all around us, shouting, Watch Therefore and be ready. So join me, Dove Schwartz, as we learn to watch and prepare for the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So uh, I just want to briefly tell you that um, the Lord's moving uh, in Israel He's letting us do some exciting things in Israel, and uh, I'll just share one quick testimony with you before I get started here. Um, I, I went to Tel Aviv about a year ago, and I asked the Lord, as I'm going for this week-long crash course in Hebrew all day, and then all night's homework, and the next day, five days in a row, Lord, is there a Jewish person I can share the gospel with? And long story short, and some of you have heard the initial part of the story, but there's a follow-up um, One of the teachers took me on a walkabout in in, uh, historical Tel Aviv so he could get me talking about the buildings and other things in Hebrew, and he took me to a church. And he, he didn't know I was a believer, and he took me into this church, but it's very Jewish in its structure and different things about it. And he said his mother used to take him there because they have a special organ there, the big pipes and all that. And he said, I never understood the relationship between Christianity and Judaism. I said, I think I can help you with that. And I emptied the whole toolbox on him for about 30 minutes. And uh, he had tears in his eyes, and he hugged me and thanked me, and he'd never experienced anything like this before. And, holy, uh, well, you read Isaiah 53 in Hebrew, and it's just what you said. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't receive the Lord. It wasn't his time to do that. So time went by, but he agreed to do something. He's so confident in his secularism. And uh, he agreed to teach me how to read the New Testament in Hebrew. So, and I get to pick the verses, of course, because he wouldn't know where to begin, right? So, we've been working, we've been in John 3 16 through 19 for the last three or four weeks, and boy, is it hitting him. And, uh, and he's, he's it's, it's, it's what we would call exegesis, trans, interpreting the word accurately, but he's just trying to teach me Hebrew, he thinks and he thinks so he's saying no here it's talking about the world the world that the world might be safe so I said man you ought to be a preacher you know <laughs> and he started laughing and so it's really do, the word's doing its work I'm not there's no pressure there and so we he said well I, I feel like you have John three sixteen through 19 down and he said what's next I said well I'll get back with you on that so that's when I go back where we start in the next place I think I'm going to go with John 14, I'm the way, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life, no one comes to God except for, so pray for Ron, okay, Ron is his name, and he knows like five languages, he's a real special young man, and, uh, but that's one of many testimonies I could give you, it's just really exciting, uh, I, I, in the same day, I, or in the same week, I share the gospel with Moses and Muhammad. okay, and so, um, I'm really getting to do some cool stuff over there, yeah, So I'd love to talk with you more about that another time. So uh, what I'd like to do also is uh, make a couple announcements, and then we'll go to the Word of God. Uh, I have a television program that's starting across North America on Direct TV, Dish Network, or Roku, and it's called Watch Therefore. It's on the Christian Television Network, or CTN. So uh, that starts Saturday, November 14th uh, at... 8 p.m. Central, no, 9 p.m., excuse me, 9 p.m. Central Time, and we're going to have a little party, a little celebration of the first week it's on, January 14th, at Joanna's house, and we're going to get together and watch it, so everybody's welcome to come, okay? And we have our, it's official now, we have our Israel trip scheduled for next year, which is October 4th through the 13th. And we'll have more updates and it'll be on our it's not on our website yet and we'll have more information about that out too. So start thinking about the Feast of Tabernacles in Israel next year. So having said all of that, let's have a word of prayer. O Holy Father in heaven, in Messiah Jesus' name we pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done here in this room, in our hearts, minds, and lives. As it is in heaven, we ask, you, we ask and proclaim now the binding of the demonic spirits that would hinder your work in, your, in the hearts, minds, and lives because you came to save lives, you came to heal lives, you came to do your work, you are a chain breaker. And so we pray, Lord Jesus, you would bind those things and that you would loose uh, angels, ministering spirits sent to those who will inherit salvation and that your Holy Spirit would now fill us and and open our eyes and ears that eyes would be open, ears would be open. Chains would come off, strongholds would come down, and the life and the glory of Messiah Jesus and the mind of Christ would be ours to, for the taking today. We thank you, Holy Father in Messiah Jesus' name, and all who prayed in agreement said, Amen. Amen. Well, I've done something uh, rather challenging, and I don't think anyone here who knows me will be surprised. I'm going to turn two messages into one um, today. Th- these are kind of what you would think would be unrelated messages, but I had one message I was going to share, and then I was up in the middle of the night and thinking about this other one, and I thought, well, I think I'll just do them both. Uh, so, uh, but we have to be out of here by a certain time, so you're safe. Um, we have to be out of here by like 3 or 4 today, so... Uh, no, just, just kidding. We have to be at like 11.30, so I'm going to be done. So um, I call this teaching the strategy of the Jezreel Valley. And the reason I call it the strategy of the Jezreel Valley, Val, uh, Jezreel Valley is because this first part of our time together is going to be about the wrath of God. And in, in the wrath of God, and what is God's wrath? It is a, a violent passion for justice. A violent passion for justice. And so in the wrath of God, the Lord is very strategic. Why? Because in Exodus 15.3, the Lord calls himself a man of war did you know that he calls himself a man of war at the same time he's just as strategic in blessing through grace and mercy and that's where we're going to wind up today with his strategies for blessing and mercy okay are you with me I want you to know that Satan does not want you to hear these things. And he has strategies too. Isn't that what the Bible says? He has strategies for your mind to wander. He has strategies for your eyes to get heavy. Isn't it funny how we can sit at the edge of a, of a, of a ball game or a TV show that has nothing to do with anything and just be like this, but then when the Word of God comes, especially Bible prophecy, and we just kind of you know, fade out. Isn't that something? That's not an accident. That's not just something that happens. That's a strategy, right? So I pray that you really um, gird up your loins in, in, uh, of your mind right now. So at the end of the tribulation, I mean right towards the very end, there's a battle at the Valley of Armageddon. Has anybody here heard of, heard of Armageddon? Armageddon is not a Bruce Willis movie from the 90s or 2000s or something. Okay, it's a field in northern Israel. If you've seen with your own eyes the, ba- the valley of Armageddon, lift up your hands. Okay, so there's people in here who can give witness. I've seen that valley, right? And Armageddon or Megiddo has another name. It's called also by the Lord in the Bible the Jezreel Valley. The Jezreel Valley, which is a, which is a very strategic name given by the man of war. The Jezreel Valley. And, and, and so what would help to, to understand, and Ray just touched on it a little bit today, we need to understand today that the nations of the world have declared war on the creator of the universe, who is the man of war. It's one thing if you declare war on a, uh, on a plumber. Or you declare war on the Boy Scouts. Or you declare war on Christians or Jews, right? But even in those two last ones I gave you, you were declaring war on the man of war. See, it's an entirely different thing to declare war. on If you go out on the streets, and, you know, I, I rarely see a chihuahua picking a fight with a Rottweiler. Have you ever seen something like that before? Okay, unless there's another big Rottweiler with the Chihuahua. But anyhow, my point is, they do that kind of thing. But my point is, you know, it says, now get him, right? The Chihuahua starts it and tells the big dog, now go get him. But anyhow, my point is, is this. The nations of the world have declared war on the man of war. And they don't even know it. They don't even know it. They, don't, they think that would be a foolish thing to say, Right? And this war culminates in Revelation 16. i want to begin in, in verse 12. We're going to do it the old-fashioned way. It's not going to be up on the screen if you don't have your Bibles with you. Good news, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Okay? Revelation 16, beginning in verse 12. I'm going to read through verse 16. Look at the strategies. Listen, if the Lord is this specific with these strategies, how specific can He be in your life as well? Right? And, and the goodness of the Lord in many ways, but here specifically, we see his wrath. Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and it dried up so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. So these are the bowl judgments, these are the final judgments And uh, there are seven seals that are opened up in the tribulations that represent god 's wrath being poured out on the earth. This is from the seventh seal it's at the end of, of these Judgments of wrath, and these are the bold judgments. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. By the way, we see in the Bible this false trinity in the tribulation that is risen up Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. This counterfeit trinity. Verse 14 For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. So these demonic spirits are sent out to, these, to the kings of the earth and are gather, used to gather them to the battle of Satan? No. The battle of God Almighty. So the Lord is over all of these things, directing traffic, and he is in control, right? He's in control. And, and, and look at his grace in the midst of all this. See this right here? Because in verse 15 it says, Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. You want to do something in 2017? Watch therefore. And be ready. We'll talk more about that later on. So even in this wrath, the Lord reminds people of His grace, His mercy. Are you with Are you with me? Okay, okay. Verse sixteen, and they gathered them these demon spirits, and they gathered them together to the place called in Hebrew Armageddon. These demon spirits, working through the mighty these mighty kings in the earth, gather the armies of the world to this valley in Megiddo, Armageddon, right? Now, I'm going to look in Hosea, in the Hebrew Scriptures, the prophet Hosea. And I want you to see this battle at the Jezreel Valley, which is synonymous. It's the same place as Megiddo or Armageddon. Say with me, the Jezreel Valley. Jezreel Valley. Good. Hosea 1, verses 10 and 11. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, You're not my people. There shall be said to them, You are sons of the living God. Then the children of Judah and the children of Israel shall be gathered together and appoint for themselves one head, and they shall come up out of the land. For great will be the day of Jezreel. Great will be the day of Jezreel, the day of the Lord that takes place in this valley, the Jezreel Valley or Armageddon. So we see here a direct relationship between this global battle, the armies of the world will be there, of Revelation 16. We see this direct relationship between that and the restoration of Israel. That's what we see in Hosea. Okay? Now, I want to mention this for a moment. For those of you who are standing there in Israel at this place, remember you heard the quote from Napoleon... As we we're overlooking this vast, it's kind of eerie there. To stand and overlook at this valley, there's, you can feel this is going to happen here. You can feel it. You can sense it. It's eerie. It's beautiful for the eyes to see. And Napoleon stood at an overlook looked, and looked there and said, the, the nations of the world's armies could navigate in this field. Interestingly, Jezreel in Hebrew is Yisrael. Which is very similar in sound to Israel in Hebrew, which is Yisrael. Why is the Lord judging the nations this way in Revelation 16? Why would He do, do that? We need to know the prophets. And maybe some of you've heard me teach on some of what I'm about to share now, but it's very significant. Are you with me still? Okay. okay there's somewhere I'm going. That's why I want you to stay with me. Okay, All, right? All right? So in Joel chapter 3... The prophets. We need to know the prophets today. If there's something that's been looked over in church, churchianity, or church, traditional church in the West, it's the prophets, right? Because the prophets tend to talk about prophecy. Well, that's profound, isn't it? And, and, and prophecy involves Israel. And Israel's been removed from the teaching of the church for so many years that that sounds kind of insignificant and seems not unimportant to, to people today, Right? Now, we're in a New Covenant church. Well, yes, but that includes the New Covenant as we look at it through the lenses of the New Covenant from Genesis to Revelation and everything in between, right? So, the words of the prophets are leaping off the pages on your news TV screens and internet and phones or whatever you're looking at for news. and, And we need to know the prophets. So, Joel 3, 1 and 2. Why is God doing this to the nation's armies? For behold, in those days... See, it's not just like any other day. In those days, and at that time, when I bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem, has the Lord brought the Jews back to a place called Israel? No. I will also gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. And I will enter into judgment with them there on account of what? My people, my heritage Israel whom they have scattered among the nations, they've also divided up my land. You might say, well, so is the Valley of Jehoshaphat and the Valley of the Jezreel Valley and Armageddon the same thing? No. Jehoshaphat means judgment, the Valley of Judgment. It's the Kidron Valley. What's going to happen is is that Armageddon battle is going to start there, but it's not going to end there, and it's going to fight its way all the way down into the Kidron Valley, which is just east on the eastern border of Jerusalem. It's going to be a nasty thing. In this battle, you see the blood and the guts and the mud and everything else going up to the horse's bridle. Okay? And so, this place of final judgment on the nations is the Kidron Valley. The Revelation 16 Jezreel Valley battle, it ends up there. Why? Why? On account of Messiah, Jesus' people, Israel. You know that, that thing that's kind of unimportant to Christians, but you see on the news every day? That, that place. Right? That place that has more United Nations resolutions by far exponentially than any other place where they be committing genocide in Syria or, or Rwanda or anywhere else, Israel is the one the whole world is condemning. That place. But it's kind of unimportant to Christians. Something's wrong. But if we would understand the strategies of the Jezreel Valley, it would make a lot of sense. You see, on account of Messiah Jesus' people Israel, who the nations have scattered among the nations and they've divided up the land of Israel. Ring a bell. Here, so I'm asking a question. Why was I born in America? I love America. I'm glad I was born in America. America has been betty, betty good to me. Okay? I love America. That's from a Saturday night live skit. So no one gets offended, all right? (laughs) What was that guy's name? African-American fellow. Anyhow. Um, So why was I born in America and not Israel? Well, in 70 A.D., the Romans scattered the Jewish people out of Israel, out of Jerusalem and then northern Israel. They completed it in the 130-somethings A.D. And that's one of many scatterings. And the Jewish people have been very unwelcome, and often horribly treated in most of the world's nations where they wandered and are under a continual scattering. So my family came to America to answer my own question from Eastern Europe, probably under great duress and mistreatment and persecution. And that's how I was born in Columbus, Ohio. It's cold up there. I was just there. So we know that the Lord uses the wickedness in the hearts of those who hate Israel for His prophetic plans, and then He judges those who mistreat them. For example, Assyria, Babylon, Rome, and others through history. You still with me? Okay. So that was a quick explanation of the scattering. Now let's think about the dividing. Today, the nations of the world are against, and in many cases, tried to destroy Israel, disputing that Judea and and Samaria... That's what it's called in your Bible. It's not called, have you seen the West Bank in your Bible? I haven't seen that. Have you seen that? I don't think you will. And that includes Jerusalem and the Golan Heights. They don't say that's Israel. They say that is not Israel. And and you've seen that in the latest UN resolution this week, right? You've seen that. And I'll talk more about that in, in just a moment. So there's great wrath that the Lord has upon those who curse Israel by scattering the people and dividing the covenant promised land. Why? Many groups, people groups have been mistreated in this very sin-sick world. Wouldn't you agree? But God has a covenant with Israel. So let's look at Genesis 12, 1 through 3 again. Many of you have read this many times. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, just real quick, in Genesis 15, the final borders, you know, you hear the term final borders in these Foolish United Nothing United Nations uh, negotiations, right? I call it the United Na- Nothing because the Bible says the Lord will bring the council of the nations to nothing. So I call the UN the United Nothing. Okay, and so uh, in Genesis fifteen, you see the final heavenly kingdom borders of Israel. Okay, and I'm not, I don't have time to go into that today, but just know they go way up north of where Israel is today and way to the east and way to the south of where Israel today is. And, of course, the west is the Mediterranean Sea. So when Jesus, the Lord, comes, that's what the borders will be. And, and, and the Lord passes that Abraham covenant not to Ishmael but to Isaac, Isaac. right? And not to Esau but to Jacob. And then he changes Jacob's name to? Very good. So, as the nations, and tragically and sadly, including America, come against the covenant people and land, they're bringing upon themselves the curse of the Abrahamic covenant. And, 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 And certainly America has blessed... Israel has been blessed, as it's blessed the Jewish people. And America has been a haven for the Jewish people. And it has been a blessing in many ways to Israel, right? But something really bad started happening in 1991. When Bush won, did the Madrid Peace Conference, which put on steroids the thought of giving the land of Israel away for peace and safety. And then Clinton and the Oslo Accords. And then Bush 2 with the Roadmap to Peace. Has anybody heard of the Roadmap to Peace? Right? And he took, Bush 2 took the Saudi Arabian plan to destroy Israel and just took the cover off and put on a new name, the Roadmap to Peace. But he did it with a big smile on his face. Oh, we love Israel. And because so many... (coughs) I'll just say this. You're going to love this. Because so many white evangelical Christians, and I'm not in a war against white evangelical Christians, certainly, right? So I'm not in the fray of that thing that's going on today. But the truth is, because so many voted for George Bush, you know what they did? They did something that if, if Hillary Clinton would have done what George Bush too did, the Christians would have strung her up by her thumbs. But since our guy did it, nobody said anything. You know what I think the Lord calls that? Hypocrisy. That's probably not a popular thing to say in, my, in the camp that I'm in because I usually speak mostly to white evangelical Christians. So guess what's happened over the years is I've said what I just told you. They haven't liked that very much. you know but it's just true right and then the obama u.n resolution 2334 oh he called he says the united nations resolution but the truth is the truth is that egypt put that thing forth and and president-elect trump god bless president-elect trump and it and he, may the Lord give us a window. I, I think it's going to be a rocky road, but the Lord may give us a window. There's a lot of people like Franklin Graham around him and Mr. Pence and others who love Jesus. So bless him, Lord. Right? right. But see, as Egypt went to put this thing forth a couple of weeks ago, Mr. Trump leaned on Egypt and Egypt pulled it back. But then Mr. Obama did an end run and got some other folks together and, and kept it going in front of the UN and get, got that vote done that day to abstain. They got, they got the vote done so they could abstain. What does that mean? They knew everyone else would vote to condemn Israel for living in Israel, condemn the Jews for living in Israel. And so what this thing did was, it, it was the first time in modern Israel's history that America had done, thrown Israel under the bus this badly. And what it does is it calls it illegal for the Jews to live in the Jewish quarter of Jerusalem. It, it calls the Western Wall. It calls all the places that are holy sites where David walked and Jesus, our Savior, walked, and all those places. It calls them. It says it's illegal for Jews to live there, and they need to get out. And the Palestinian, so-called Arab, or Arab people. Palestinians should be there. And so, um, it is nothing like I've ever anybody's ever seen in America, or really in the world, in modern history. That's how bad this thing is. It's bad. It's, it's real bad. And so all of these things require the heart of Israel, including Jerusalem, uh, to be given to the followers of the Antichrist spirit, Allah. That's what this thing calls for, right? And, and, and you might say, well, but yeah, but America treats Israel better than any other nation. Two things. One, that's true. Two, that's not a very good standard. And that's certainly not the one, three, that the Lord will judge by. Let's look at the standard the Lord will judge by, shall we? This is in First Chronicles. Do you know First Chronicles 16 is as much your Bible as John three sixteen. Did you know that? It's, it means it, it is just as much the word of God. Isn't that something? So First Chronicles 16, beginning in verse 14... Through 19. Are you still with me? He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Remember. What, is it, what do you think he means, He wants you to do when he tells you to remember? remember? What a concept. Remember his covenant forever. The word which he commanded for a thousand generations. The covenant which he made with Abraham and his oath to Isaac. And confirmed it to Jacob for a statute to Israel for and what? everlasting covenant, saying to you, I will give the land of Canaan as the allotment of your inheritance when you are few in number, indeed, very st- few and strangers in it. Now, hear the words of Isaiah for today regarding the everlasting covenant. Remember, he says, I'll bless those who bless you in what? Isaiah 24, beginning in verse 4. We're having a Bible study today, aren't we? Are you with me? The earth mourns and fades away. The world languishes and fades away. The haughty people of the earth languish. The earth is also defiled under its inhabitants because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, and done what? Broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore, the curse has devoured the earth. What is this? It's the curse of the everlasting covenant. And those who dwell in it, the earth, are desolate. Therefore, the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men are left. That's where this whole thing is headed. The curse of the Abrahamic covenant covers the earth right now. And in Armageddon, the Jezreel Valley, the Lord will pour out His wrath on the nations as they have scattered and mistreated His people and divided His land. Are you with me still? Because here's where I'm going. The God-hating nations have declared war on the Lord and told Him He cannot bring the children of Israel back to His land. So, where does He bring the nations? Where? Location, location, location. Where does He bring the nations to have their war which they declared upon Him? Jezreel, or in Hebrew, Yisra'el which sounds like Israel in Hebrew, Yisrael. Yisrael means Yahweh or Jehovah or the Lord plants. The Lord plants. That's what the word means in Hebrew. Yisrael means the Lord sows or plants. Or Jehovah will plant. Now, are you still with me? Look at Amos 9. Remember what I said about the prophets? Okay. What does Yisrael mean? The Lord plants. Look at Amos 9:14 and 15. My mother has had this plaque on her wall. Now it's in my office in, in Israel, okay? And it has this beautiful field behind it. Maybe the Yisrael Valley. Look at Amos 9:14. I will bring back the captives of my people Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit from them. You ready? I will plant them in their land. And no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. The Lord our God, Messiah, Jesus begins the final judgment on the nations of the world for trying to keep him from planting the Jews back in his land as he's planting them permanently. And where does he bring the nations for this judgment? A valley called Jehovah Plants. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? The nations of the world have said, you can't bring them back to this land. You will not plant them in this land. And his word says, I'm bringing them back to plant them in this land. And not only that, I'm going to kick your little heinies all over this field that's called, I will plant them in this land. Thanks for listening today. And please join me every day unless our Lord Jesus returns for us this week. This program is listener supported and depends on tax deductible donations to stay on the air. Give to Watch Therefore and contact me through our website at watchtherefore.tv. You can also send tax-deductible donations to WatchTherefore, P.O. Box 564, Paraland, Texas, 77588. Again, by the web, WatchTherefore.tv and mail, WatchTherefore, P.O. Box 564, Paraland, Texas, 77588. You can also call me right now at 713-624-0943. That's 713-624-0943. Keep watching for Messiah Jesus.